Oi, I bull, and welcome to Faded Breaks, the original cannabis and anime audio experience. In this episode, I am getting into cannabis tips, cannabis consumption tips, especially for people who are unfamiliar with how to navigate edibles. And then I'm getting into the new Netflix anime. Tekken bloodline so strap in and we ain't strapping in we kicking back it's a a break it's a faded break so get get yourself comfortable as um i take you on this journey i guess i am your host elena the muse i am the owner chief executive illustrator and campaign director of faded lane my illustration studio that forges timeless brand visual legacies in the cannabis industry i can help some other like non-weed motherfuckers out too if you got a business and you got the budget if we if we're a good fit but that's not even what this is about so i am diving straight into this um i'm not really trying typically you know i cover different cannabis products and shit but i'm not trying anything right now because i'm low-key on a break and just vibing so this episode next episode which will be the season finale because it's a season two i'll just be giving tips there i figure they're useful for people who have experienced smoking or people or people who have experience consuming or people who are new to the land of Kush. So, like I said, no, no strapping in, get comfortable and uh, enjoy this experience. Faded Lane is the elite solo powered illustration studio helping cannabis brands forge timeless creative solutions that sell, particularly with illustration. As the host of Faded Breaks, naturally, I'm going to push my own shit. (laughs) And it may be of benefit to you, but benefit to someone that you know and value. So my business, I specialize in illustration services, and somewhat as a subsidiary or supplement supporting aspect to that also creative direction as a creative producer creative direction production and consulting specifically with developing creative campaigns whether it's narrowing down your brand story baking in elements of brand lore which is my visualized concept for developing out your brain into a world and you know visualize that let's play with some escapism whether that is getting packaging package art on your packages or other forms of products as well as merchandise or apparel designs illustration designs potentially a mural using the basics of either my more fantastical style or a more toned down style where I use 
visual noting or sketch noting, which is visualizing information, which is essential for content, especially if you create an ongoing series that your audience looks forward to. And you can turn that into merchandise or digital products or NFTs. All things that we can work on, not just from my experience as an artist, but as a business professional who wants to see you thrive as I thrive, because this is a win-win situation. So if that has gotten you going, head on to the show notes, go to fadelane.com, follow me on Instagram, fadelane, or Twitter at Muse. And I look forward to seeing you there. Be sure to, if you're curious, want to get more involved before you reach out or just get a taste for what I produce, check out the Forged by Faded podcast, updates daily-ish. And there's also the Art Biz and Chill newsletter that goes out every first, third, and fifth Friday. I'll see you there. Welcome to the cannabis segment and shout out to the homie Mark because this was inspired by a conversation I had with him and how we ended up connecting on Clubhouse about a month ago at this point. So Mark has next to no experience consuming cannabis. He lives in Massachusetts, so you know, can hit the rec market and shit and it also comes to mind that even when I've talked to veteran cannabis smokers, them motherfuckers be like, I'm afraid of edibles, bruh. <laughs> so this is, this is my tutorial based off that conversation with Mark about how to safely navigate um, consuming edibles, right? Or safely or comfortably. Because again, people who regularly smoke are afraid of the whole edible game because I guess it it can the results can be unexpected but it's low-key based on your own foolishness or the foolishness of the people around you or foolishness thoughtlessness what do I mean by that so First off, the main thing is if you're getting it from the legacy market, you know, non or outside of, you know, the legal market, right? You don't know, like, unless you really vet that person and you know that they have lab experience or something and they actually know how to do calculations and measurements because people just be saying shit to say shit sometimes. You got the best thing about being in the legal market, even if you go to like a hemp shop and you get some Delta 8 gummies or other type of cannabinoid gummies that I've mentioned in previous episodes, you have an exact measurement and a dose. And traditionally, as you are aware of that people use ad nauseum to talk about is, oh, I ate this brownie. I don't feel nothing. So I'm going to eat this second brownie and now I'm bugging the fuck out an hour, an hour and a half later because I ate two brownies of weed. And that shit ain't going to fly, bro. Like, if you don't have the experience, you got to be aware of like, let's say you go to a cannabis shop, right? 
or you get some brownies from somebody. We're just going to use brownies as an example. So a single brownie may be, let's say, 20 milligrams, 20 milligrams of THC. What does that mean for you? Okay, so let's take a step back from there. Whole brownies, 20 milligrams, right? The one of the small, the absolute smallest dose of THC that you can have when we're doing milligrams, if you have no real experience and not to get thrown in the paranoia land is 2.5 milligrams, 2.5 to compare to 20 milligrams. I'm not doing the math because my brain ain't set up like that right now, but you know, you're talking what between five to ten times the amount of THC even moving up from there there are doses of you know if you get like a chocolate bar a single square could be five milligrams or ten milligrams if you have no experience five is kind of pushing it ten is definitely pushing it if you have no experience consuming cannabis you have or consuming edibles and it's also the way that it gets processed through your body is different than how it's processed when you're smoking. Because, of course, when you're smoking, you feel the effects almost instantly or at least within 20 minutes at the max when, you know, you start to peak. Whereas the effects of you start to feel you may start to feel the edible effects at the 20 30 minute mark and it may start peaking over the course of an hour or so but you could be in like having that high within you know for three hours some people upward have six hours of experience it really comes down to your body so other people can't determine for you what's going to be the best dose so you it's best to as they say start low and go slow because you got to know what works best for you if you don't want to have a shitty experience. So especially if you buying from a legacy motherfucker, or even if you're going to a fucking dispensary where the bud tenders are constantly like high THC land, like you gotta know you and you gotta be upfront with your experience level and ideally be talking to somebody who will keep your positive experience in mind and offer the steps accordingly so there's that right so i'd say start at 2.5 you got a brownie cut that bitch into four pieces cut that bitch as small as you want in the four bits in the 10 bits if you need to eat one and then see how you see it one piece see how you feel in 30 minutes you know, you start feeling effects, then give it another 15 to 30 minutes and then try another piece. So then that leads into the next step that I'd warned Mark about. One of the effects of cannabis is, as you guessed it, munchies. Plus, you already eaten if the brownies cooked well, because I've had one where that shit tastes like fucking soap. I don't know how that nigga fumbled that, but you know. It'd be like that sometimes. But if you like brownies or if you get gummies or if you get cookies, if you get cake, if you have one piece of it, at what point in your life are you only eating a tiny square of a brownie? 
So then your greedy ass want to eat the whole thing. So there's also that deliciousness factor, right? So you got to be prepared for this. If you picking up brownies or if you picking up any of these sweet types of edibles, get non-medicated versions, non-infused versions. So just get an actual pack of brownies or make your own brownies, pick up some gummies, get something that's similar if it tastes the same or just, you know, get your junk food on lock so that the munchies when they kick in or when you like this single square, this little cube of the brownie ain't good enough for me, then you can go eat a whole ass brownie and get the fix. <laughs> get the whole fix without, again, endangering your great experience with cannabis. Because that's mainly why, yeah, people are like, oh, I can't do edibles, it sucks. And it's like, okay. It's, it's like when people say some people can't do weed. To me, that's like, some people can't consume vegetables unless like you have a violent reaction to it where you're puking or something. Generally, it's worth taking the time to talk to somebody who's more experienced in the field and or just has the patience and understanding that our bodies interact differently with things that doesn't autom- just because you had one bad experience doesn't mean that, oh, this isn't for me. It's you potentially just didn't do it right. You potentially had too much or too little, not enough. Maybe, you know, compared to, you know, legacy market where somebody's making edibles at home, that's going to be a somewhat different process than what you're getting from dispensaries occasionally, because I can't say the number right, but with, Legal cannabis, they're typically making the edibles from THC distillate. So it's basically the extracted THC versus people using the flour, infusing the oil and the butter, and then using the oil or butter to bake or cook with. To me, and just that's just based off of my experience. Like when I did the episode on the infused cheesecake that I had, that was from Legacy. And that experience was completely different from chocolates and gummies that I've gotten from dispensary because the shit I get from dispensary occasionally just gets me completely zooted. I am couch locked. My brain is tranquilized. Like I'm just out. Whereas the cheesecake that I got and even like when I make my own butters and shit, like I haven't done like a one-to-one or thc in a while or i haven't done a thc flour of my own butter or anything but it gave me more like medicinal benefits and that like i felt it throughout my body and my mind and it just really relaxed me and i was just chilling as opposed to just being zonked out so there's also that factor so again start low go slow Don't give in the peer pressure. Don't listen to motherfuckers who keep trying to get you to basically overconsume. And then, oh my God, you have a shitty experience. I mean, the same thing can apply to dabbing, to smoking, to really any type of, and getting outside of cannabis, to any real type of consumption. You need to find out what works for you because there are nearly 8 billion motherfuckers on this globe. 
and our bodies are different. Our bodies respond differently. And also your body's going to respond differently if you eat something before you consume, potentially if you drink what you drink, if you exercise, and if you just laying out what your intent is, it all comes down to intention and knowing how you work and communicating that with somebody who has experience to walk you through this. So that's all I got to say. But again, take your motherfucking time and buy some non-medicated similar snacks for when you do this shit. That's all I got for you. Kanban is officially here to jam, baby, with the Indokanban.com. Don't forget the www in front of it, which is my cannabis art brand personifying the most talented of cannabis molecules as music entertainers, be it cannabinoids like Queen CBD to the zesty limonene of Terpy, the sub group of the band known for k-pop and r&b aesthetics you can represent your favorite molecule or molecules or the entire band with digital products like printable wall art wall calendars 18 months starting from july 2022 and merchandise such as masks gonna need them bitches aprons coasters, backpacks, and other miscellaneous things that will expand over the months to come. If you would like to see the development of the visual note style, be sure to look up Faded Lane, my company that is the oversight. And you can see development via your Faded Hour on my Faded Lane accounts. See videos via Pinterest, the Indocanban Pinterest account, or follow me on TikTok at the Laneiverse. Details, links, everything are in the show notes. And come enjoy the band. So welcome to the anime segment where I'm getting into Tekken Bloodline, which released on Netflix in August. And it just crossed my mind to start doing like a rating system, but it was okay. So I've been into Tekken since like I played the Tekken 2 demo on the first PlayStation. Oh my God. How old was I? I don't even remember. At least 10. So what year is that? Like 1999. I remember when that shit came out. I just know I got Tekken 3 when it came out. And I was in love with that game. Like, I love Jen. But, yeah, I did occasionally use Jen. Shao Yu was my favorite. I think I played around with everybody, really. But when we get to Bloodlines, it's, it's a couple things I'm not feeling. For one, it's taking advantage of, you know, 3D land. And I don't think... It looks that good. Like, here's my thing. And I'm going to shout out the homie Bradley, right? He a homie I connected with in this um, kind of little art group collective, mini collective I've 
I loosely am a part of. And he make music. Go look him up. Chief Takinawa. As it goes, show notes if you need help with that. But he's a super Tekken stan. So I ended up watching the series because I was I saw in his stories that he shared it had come out or it was about to come out. So I ended up DMing him. So then we ended up talking. So yeah, he is super Tekken stan. And the first thing he's like, naming all these issues. He's like, I love Tekken. I'm like, yo, nigga, but it's not it's not that the series is trash. It's just like when you have a franchise like Tekken, if it qualifies as a franchise, but it's been around for 20, at least 20 years. And, you know, I don't know what's going on with Namco's budget, uh, especially with like Tekken 7, where you got to pay for all the legacy characters. You can't unlock any of the characters, even though you can fight them in the game but you the only way you can access them is to buy them which is shit so i don't know what like is going on with them right now haven't bothered to do the background details i keep pondering but more than likely the effort isn't happening <laughs> but it's just it's like there's a lack of care or there's just something missing that I feel, again, that a 20-year franchise should have in an anime. Like, as far as the look, the sound, the feel of it. And I will say for the most part, like, the characters are themselves. But it's just, like, there's something missing. There's just, there are things missing about the experience. So getting back to the 3D, right? It looks hella stiff. So there's that element. <laughs> it's like there's ways to do 3D well. And I don't really think it was done that well, especially for a fighting game and some of the fighting elements. Like some of the fights look good. There was some that I was like feeling, but then it was also, you know, it's a bunch of mixed feelings because I know the characters so some of them I'm rooting for or I'm like, oh, I want to see this technique. But it's like, at what point are you exploiting my nostalgia for you to give the bare minimum? I don't think this was the bare minimum, but it's not great. And less than greatness is just like, ah. if you've listened to the previous episodes, you know how I feel about like different things I, I like being excited I wasn't really excited about this experience just curious since it was only six episodes it got binged but then the character designs like them tiny pointy ass chins these niggas got big ass heads hey Hachi is big as fuck like I guess when you play the game really Kazuya Jin they're stupidly muscular and I feel they're all unrealistically tall for Japanese men but hey Hachi they made this motherfucker so goddamn huge like when Jin first shows up when he's a teenager because I think the canon is from like Tekken 3 is that Jin was maybe like 17 I think he's 21 in Tekken 3 so he's like training with Heihachi from when he's like a teenager after his mom gets killed. 
So he's like 17 or something. I could be. No, because he's in high school. So he's 17. So he's like 15 when he shows up. Something. All I know is, hey, Hachi, put his big ass hand and like scoop this dude's skull. Like fully holding Jin's entire head in his big old man hands. That don't make no type of fucking sense. Then we end up in spiky hairville where it takes me like I'm trying to think of some comparison where if you've seen parody shows or in the past where you know people find like one of the big things they talk about with Ani back in the day is like oh yeah it's full of people with big hair and that's I guess kind of the sense that I get that's what it is that's off-putting about net about the Netflix series it's like somebody's idea of what anime is supposed to be but it's kind of like the idea of it from like when anime kind of first entered the mainstream 10 5 to 10 years no like 10 years ago it was like yeah we're gonna put big heads pointy chins and give them big eyes and they're gonna have sharp thick lines and i'm just like what the fuck is this so it's like that element on top of just it again the story is based off of the tekken 3 story but I mean, it's building up on the whole Tekken lore and like the Mishima family drama. But ultimately, they just do weird shit. Like, they didn't use all the Tekken. They didn't just keep it all Tekken 3 characters. They started bringing in characters from Tekken like 4 through 7. I, don't, I think 7 had newer characters. So I don't think they put the new characters from Tekken 7 in that bitch. But from like four, five, and six, Leroy Smith is in that bitch. Mark Craig Marduk. Then Julia is show she, like her debut was in Tekken three, but then she's wearing her outfit from Tekken six, and it's like that doesn't make any sense. Then like Xiao Yu's wearing clothes from Tekken five, and. It's stupid. Like, cause also like Nina's wearing her outfit from, I think she started wearing that caught like the purple camo kind of costume in Tekken four. But again, it doesn't make sense why they have this. I'm trying to remember if there's any other. Yeah. And then they didn't even include forest law. Like who continually gets slept on. They put martial law in there for whatever reason. Like, King is in there, but then King isn't all just growls and roars. Like, this nigga's grunting. And I'm like, he doesn't grunt in the game. It's just all Jaguar sounds. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, over... Because, like, the thing with the costumes is that because there's not, like, a huge time skip from Tekken 3 up through Tekken 7. I think it's really only over the course of about three years. But Xiao Yu still becomes a 21, 20, 21 year old adult woman. And her clothing, like the clothing changes in the games reflect the character's growth from them being teenagers and then becoming adults. And then again, just adding in the characters, especially inconsequential characters like fucking Marduk. (laughs) And I guess they were hinting at something Leroy was 
there for about his beef with Heihachi, but it's still just like, you didn't need to do this. Um, yeah, I'm just still mad about the whole Julia thing because Julia, she isn't like my top fave, but literally her outfit in Tekken 6 into Tekken 7 is a reflection of her becoming more laid back. She's kind of more laid back or and starts to develop this persona because she is because she's a live streamer. Whereas in when she showed up in Tekken 3, she was more serious minded. So it's just take like, what are y'all doing? It's just like, what are you doing? Like the English voices are trash. And I think that's the original dub or whatever. Like the Japanese may have come after or the other dubs may have come after that. And then, you know, you have those Tekken elements that aren't there. Like how everybody speaks their native language, but somehow understand each other. They didn't do that. Like, even when I listen to the English dub, everybody's still speaking English. Go to Japanese dub, everybody's still speaking Japanese. And it's just like, who is this for? Because then when I was talking to Bradley, he's like, even for newcomers, they're introducing characters who aren't, weren't in Tekken 3 and shit. And I guess, is this a setup for Tekken 8? But even, like, the setup of everything isn't completely accurate. I guess the story is still accurate. It's just a depiction of it is just... I'm disgusted. (laughs) I'm disgusted with just a depiction. When we get to the storyline, like, yeah, you know, everything just makes sense. We get to see Jin more humanized I guess or we just get to see him in actual like I'm I'm trying to figure out how to explain it because you don't get like actual cutscenes in Tekken and they tried like the narrative route I didn't bother with like Tekken 6 I haven't played that but like they made this debauchery of an RPG element in Tekken 7 that I didn't bother with but even then, you don't really get to connect emotionally with the character. So with Jin, you get that opportunity. And you actually get to see his friendship with Xiaoyu, his friendship rivalry with Huarong. And, like, he's cool with Paul Phoenix. Was he always cool with Paul Phoenix? <laughs> like, like, the ogre shit was alright. Like, I don't know who really be fucking with ogre. Like, that, that nigga's just, like, a plot. Yeah, he's just a plot antagonist. And that... There's nothing driving him. He's one-dimensional. He's just, like... Again, I don't... I'm not in the Tekken community, so I'll be talking to people or really looking into, like, who's an ogre fan or something. But this motherfucker don't say shit. He don't really do nothing. He's just here to... Alright, I'm here to steal your energy, niggas. Ah. But there's, there's nothing else really happening. So that's pretty much about it. Oh, yeah. And then when Jin goes into Devil Jin, it's like the Tekken 5 Devil Jin. And it's just like, again, what, why are we doing this? It's like you're adding and taking away things. And 
I can't say it's trash. It's just, it's a mess for anybody who's familiar with Tekken. It's a, not with the story, like the story, it's a cohesive story for someone who is not familiar with Tekken. But if someone who is into the franchise, it's a mess. It's a mess of an experience. Would I recommend watching it? Sure, go for it. Six episodes. There's there is some entertainment value. This nigga Bradley said he watched it in English and he watched it in Japanese. Again, he's a super stan, so he's willing to watch it twice. I ain't doing that shit. I got my I got my EXP in. And that's a done deal for me. So again, I recommend giving it a watch. If you're in the tagging. It's just, it's a mess. Deep within the muse is an unending lane of verse. It begins and ends with the madam. You can discover that side of me, the commercial artist, or really just the artist. Who just wants to make shit and not think about the money things and taxes and business expenses but alas that is existence but i will not surrender in light of that you can follow my development on personal projects such as orange 91 which is my personal biannual anthology that features my character short stories and also contains illustrations of them so it's very magical realism kind of deal and just being very experimental with my style with the kinds of tools that I use to make art and just making a great storytelling experience as I built the foundation to having my shit animated it's ultimately the goal there are aspects of the Indo Kanban that show up in the Laneiverse and on my platforms, namely on TikTok. But if you're curious about how my sweet dance moves break creative blocks and manifest the magic of all things needed in my universe, in my place of this etheric realm, hop on over to there at Laneface on TikTok. Also, Instagram, where I mainly just port shit. Um, you can also connect with me on Facebook. If you can find that link somewhere, <laughs> find me. Um, not really that committed to Facebook. But YouTube will be rolling out. I'm rolling out monthly videos. So just focusing on my creative business, my creative project development, and just my growth as a creator through and through without all the bells and whistles and noise and annoyance of society just as a being so hop on over to the links and again the show notes the laneiverse will have a website by the end of summer 2022 but while you wait, you can check out some of my previous artwork and wares at laneware.com, which will also be developing over the course of 2022. I will meet you there. The art is personal, but you're welcome. 
All right. Thank you for listening to episode nine of Faded Breaks. Be sure to always visit the show notes for any type of updates, anything that I'm pushing throughout the episode. And of course, please share this on social, uh, give ratings, uh, what else? I don't know, participate. And also every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, really? Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But especially on Tuesday, I go live on Twitter Spaces to have open discussions where, you know, we chill in the intersection of cannabis and anime or entertainment medium and talk about it. Talking about what you're smoking, what you're consuming, what you're watching, what you're playing. And, you know, potentially you can make some business connections because we ain't in the ghetto doing nonsense. Or just make any type of connections, you know. Starting to build this community. So, I also am doing discussions on a developing app called Breakout, which releases to the public in October. And also on Clubhouse all at the same time. Wednesdays I'm on Breakout, Thursdays I'm on Clubhouse, and that's the lay of the land. I may make the talks earlier in the day, but that is what it is. So again, hit the show notes, go follow me on those platforms, make time on your calendar, get on the Bud Biz, get on the Art Biz and Chill newsletter if you want to keep up with um, my company as you have uh, gotten those details in my home produce ads and yeah add this time to your google calendar your apple calendar whatever your calendar calendar and we'll have a conversation so as it goes live timelessly be pros- prosperous <laughs> be healthy and if you ain't healthy Get healthy. And if you ain't going to get healthy, get lost.